Ben Roethlisberger spoke to the media recently. He was honest, and we got mad about that. Bill Kessel didn't speak to the media, and we got mad at that too. So, which one makes you mad? Because you can't be mad at both. Unless you just want to be mad, which I suspect is the case. This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody better than me, I would have zero dimes. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. The only reason I'd like to hear Phil Kessel talk is because the GM, Jim Rutherford, he said Kessel was hurt. And the coach, Mike Sullivan, he said Kessel was not. I'd like Phil to break the tie. But this notion that Phil Kessel owes the fans, that's outright silly. Phil has kept up his part of the bargain with the fans and the city since arriving in Pittsburgh in 2015, especially in the two Stanley Cup runs. But as far as Sullivan always being a little tetchy when Phil Kessel's name is brought up, nobody would want to coach Phil Kessel. Every coach would want to reap the rewards, but no coach in the NHL would want to coach Phil Kessel. As far as today's mold goes, Phil Kessel is the anti-player. He doesn't hit. He doesn't block shots. He's not gritty. He's not systematic. He's not a great practice player. Phil's the anti-player. No matter how good he is, and he is good, Phil Kessel would frustrate any coach. But Phil has 221 points in 246 regular season games with Pittsburgh. He's got 54 points in 62 playoff games, and as mentioned, his name is on that Stanley Cup not once, but twice. And he's a bargain at $6.8 million. And that is all the people need to know. So, that's fun stuff with Phil Kessel. I bet Phil is playing poker right now. He's got Kings wired. Uh, The Pirates won yesterday. They are red hot, or at least as close to red hot as they're going to get. Andrew McCutcheon is back tomorrow night at PNC with his new team, the San Francisco Giants. The score will not be the important number. The attendance will be. Do Pirate fans see Andrew McCutcheon as an all-time great, as a statue guy, because I don't. Koch was real good, MVP and all that. Not exactly a playoff performer, shall we say, but okay, let's go down the list. Roberto Clemente, Barry Bonds, Willie Stargell, Ralph Kiner, and Hannes Wagner. Koch isn't even close to that group. And then you got the other Hall of Fame guys, like Pie Trainer, Paul Wayner, Lloyd Wayner, Bill Mazeroski, etc. Is Kutch going to make the Baseball Hall of Fame? Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. 
So where does Kutch fit in in Bucko history? And are you going to go to PNC to welcome Kutch back tomorrow night? 412-333-9939. Kutch can't possibly be an all-time pirate top five. That we know. He's not up there with Clemente, Bonds, Stargell, Kiner, and Wagner. He just isn't. Uh, There was a five-overtime game in the American Hockey League last night. It lasted six hours and six minutes. The goal to win it was scored six minutes and 48 seconds into the fifth overtime. Lehigh Valley beat Charlotte 2-1. That's a total of three goals in eight periods, not exactly an offensive extravaganza. Uh, Lehigh Valley leads that playoff series three games to one. Last night's game lasted on the clock. The fans got 146 minutes and 48 seconds of hockey, but like I said, just one goal. Alex Lyon, the goalie for Lehigh Valley, which is a Philadelphia Flyers farm club, so boo, boo. Lyon made 94 saves. 94. Wow. At one point, if you're Lyon, eating all that rubber, but that's what they said about Mia Khalifa, at what point do you say, F this and just leak one in to get it over with? The other goalie made only 51 saves. I like hockey. I love hockey. That's too much hockey. And by the way, I would make overtime in the playoffs three-on-three. No shootout, but three-on-three to a finish. But that will never happen. Here's a news item that snuck past us in wake of the Penguins being eliminated on Monday. The football series between Pitt and Penn State will not be renewed after 2019. They didn't play for what was it, about 15 years. They started playing a couple years back. A contract for four games between the schools. But it will not be renewed after that fourth game takes place. Uh, not this coming season, but the season after in 2019. Penn State's athletic director says they might look at something after 2030, by which time I will be long dead. So here's what I think Pitt should do. A, Pitt should never ever play Penn State again. Shouldn't even talk to Penn State about playing ever again. Oh, Pitt needs the game more than Penn State does. Obviously. Penn State sells out every game and Pitt has a lot of trouble selling tickets unless they are playing Penn State. But Pitt can't be Penn State's bitch and always come when called. The further you get away from playing Penn State, the more the rivalry fades out. Since Penn State's always going to yank Pitt's chain about playing, and since Penn State doesn't need to play Pitt, Ergo, that's just Penn State 
dinking around with Pitt. Pitt needs to let the rivalry fade out. B, Pitt should move heaven and earth to get a long, long, long-term series with West Virginia. Those schools start playing again uh, in a couple years uh, for limited engagement, just like the Penn State series. Because West Virginia needs to play Pitt. Not as bad as Pitt needs to play West Virginia, but it would be easy to make that game the rivalry game for both schools. West Virginia, that Big 12, I'm not sure any of those schools have ever really taken rivalry-wise. So you tell me, 412-333-9939. I I think Pitt should tell Penn State to go F itself after the series in its current incarnation is completed in 2019 and then do whatever's possible to get a long-term series, like every year in perpetuity, established with West Virginia. We got Josh Owey in studio at 4.30. The hockey talk will keep coming and keep coming and keep coming until Steelers training camp. And then we'll go heavy with hockey again the day Penguins training camp starts because that's what we do here. The Pirates, I don't need no stinking Pirates. And we got Bob Lilly, the coach of the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They're undefeated. Four wins and three draws in United Soccer League play. They uh, play tomorrow night at home at Highmark Stadium. What a place to watch a soccer game. I did not know this about Bob Lilly. Remember when they brought indoor soccer back for a couple seasons, the Pittsburgh Stingers in the mid-90s? Bob Lilly played for that team. I was not aware of that. And uh, in just a few minutes... We're going to talk about a quote from a Penguin that kind of slipped under the radar on yesterday's breakup day. I'm Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark. Big fan. Big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 105.9. Juju Smith-Schuster, the Steelers wide receiver. Well, that's his secondary job. Mostly he just indulges social media in pursuit of maximizing the Juju Smith-Schuster brand. Uh, Juju is hosting a youth football camp on Friday, June 1st on Rooney Field at Duquesne University. Now, will Juju be coaching the kids on running routes or on maximizing their potential in social media? Will Juju be helping them polish their skills or waxing their ego to a fine sheen. Uh, suckers got to know. Another Steelers note, kind of. A body was found in the Monongahela River today, uh, just by Steelers headquarters on the south side. It has not yet been identified, but it would surprise anybody if that was Mason Rudolph. We'll see if a Steeler quarterback can literally get away with murder in this time. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Here's a quote from Breakup Day for the Penguins that we overlooked. Tom Kuhnhockel is a restricted free agent, 
and he said he would do anything to stay in Pittsburgh. That's a direct quote. I will do anything to stay in Pittsburgh, unquote. The proper response to that is, how would you like to mow my lawn? Huh? Uh, I like Kuhnhockel. He's good on the PK, good fourth liner. And if he's willing to do anything to stay in Pittsburgh, if he meant that, my advice is simply to take whatever the Penguins offer. Uh, Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette put it very simply and accurately. If Daniel Sprong is going to be a regular, like Jim Rutherford said, who goes? Who gets deleted, traded, whatever? Or who gets shoved way down the depth chart because Sprong can't play uh, fourth line? And I don't even think it would be wise to play him bottom six, uh, not even on the third line. But like Dejon said yesterday, maybe Jim Rutherford said that to try and con other NHL GMs into thinking Sprong is worth trading for. Just like Rutherford did with Derek Pouliot and then traded Derek Pouliot for a bag of pox, but, but you get the idea. Uh, the outrage over Kessel not talking, which has lasted on Twitter for 24 hours now and on the B team for that long too, uh, the outrage makes me laugh. Everybody else talked except Phil and Gino. Gino talked after the game, the last Monday night. What's the difference? Who cares? I can see where the beat writers would, but 20 other guys talked. Uh, that should have provided enough quotes. Let me review the Kessel stats one more time. 221 points in 246 regular season games. 54 points in 62 playoff games. Two Stanley Cups. What's Phil Kessel need to talk to anybody about? I, I, I wish he would have, I guess, to clarify the injury situation. I can't get mad at him that he didn't. And this stuff about he owes the fans. The media is the conduit to the fans. That's such horse hockey. All Phil Kessel owes the fans is the same as he owes the Penguins. His best effort in exchange for his paycheck. And I really do feel like we've gotten that almost, I don't know, maybe 95% of the time from Phil Kessel. And the results, like I've been saying, speak for themselves. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Some bad news for the McConnell household. Philadelphia lost last night. The Sixers, TJ McConnell. He started again, played pretty good. I actually watched the game at the bottle shop uh, in Bridgeville. So the Sixers are eliminated. You hear rumors that LeBron James might go there next year to play for the Sixers. You know what LeBron has done? And I'm certain he's done it intentionally. But going from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland, always having an opt-out clause every couple of years. Next season, he might be playing who knows where. LeBron James has made it all about himself. He has totally negated the team concept and put the focus squarely on himself. As he goes, so the team goes, and he gets all the credit, 
and gets all of the spotlight. Now, if you like that, okay, but compare that to Sidney Crosby. I'm glad Sidney Crosby does it his way. We're talking about Phil not talking to the media. Friggin' LeBron never shuts up. He never shuts up. Enough already. We've heard everything from LeBron James we possibly could, you know, on the black condition, which he's represented very well, and I respect him a lot for that. On the trades that he orchestrated to give the Cavaliers a totally different roster, although certainly he, well, he denies it, but not really. You know, after every game, yada, 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 yada. Enough already with LeBron. We got Dave on hold. Dave, please do stay on hold. And like I said, we have Josh Yoey next hour. Oh, let me get this uh, quick plug-in, if indeed I can find. Oh, here it is. If you want more hockey, you got nearby Youngstown, Ohio, in the United States Hockey League Finals. That's Junior A Hockey. The Phantoms, owned by Troy Loney, the big redhead from Bow Island, Alberta. They play Fargo in the final. Fargo coached by Francis McDormand. And the home games are next Friday and Saturday, the 18th and 19th. That's the best junior A league in the United States. Those are future NHL players. It's going to be great hockey. So check out the Phantoms at home next weekend in the USHL Finals. For more information, go to the Youngstown Phantoms website. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. That happens when the show's as popular as this one. Yeah, double M, man. He'd love the show. He just wants to dance. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, 412-333-9939. I'm psyched up to watch Winnipeg and Nashville tonight. I think that's a very significant game. I think if Nashville wins, they'll go on to win the Stanley Cup. I think if Winnipeg wins... Tampa Bay will go on to win the Stanley Cup. And Las Vegas might have a path into the final because I think the Golden Knights could beat Winnipeg. But the Golden Knights could not beat Nashville. Some blogger wrote a story that the Penguins feel Phil Kessel put his streak ahead of the team, his consecutive game streak. Yeah, we'll see how many sources are quoted in that story. I don't know that the players would feel that way. And as far as management goes, they could always tell him not to play. They could always scratch him. They could always tell him, look, streak's over. you got to get healthy. Too much unnecessary controversy about Phil Kessel since Monday night. And the B team is now saying fatigue shouldn't be a factor in the Penguins losing. Uh, One of their quote-unquote personalities said, well, the team played 307 games, but how many guys played 307 games as individuals? Well, one did, Phil Kessel. And we've done nothing but rip in a new one since Monday. But Crosby played 297 games. That strikes me as a lot. 
Malkin played 254. Hornquist played 275 in an absolutely breakneck style. Haglund played 270. Gensel played 248. That includes his senior year at college, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. Hey, those are hockey games, too. He played 98 games last year, his rookie professional season. Oli Mata played 259 games. He also beat cancer, had two shoulder surgeries, and contracted the mumps. Ryan Dumoulin played 290 games. If you don't want to use fatigue as an excuse, don't. They didn't. If I am on their behalf, well, that's me. And if you deny it's a factor, you're just stupid. But these guys played a lot of games. I know you have to make it seem like the Pirates matter, but they don't. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. There's going to be a new Friday Night Lights film. Do you see that? But, but here's what it said in the article I read. This new Friday Night Lights film. You remember that, Booby Miles, high school football in Texas? It won't be a sequel of the movie. It won't be a sequel of the TV show either. And I never really watched the TV show. It won't be a remake of either. It's going to be a reimagining, whatever that is. So I can't figure out what it's going to be like. I suppose that means it's going to be just a Texas high school football movie. But Friday Night Lights might be the best sports book ever. Written by Buzz Bissinger. We had him on the show once. What a surly old bastard he was. And it's a great movie, too. So I'll probably watch it, even though I will have zero idea what to expect. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Dave in Clarksville. I took the last train there once. Dave, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what up, big dog? What up, man? How you doing? Great. Um, what's your, yeah, you pretty much answered my question earlier. What's your prediction for tonight? Winnipeg or Nashville, Game 7? Nashville. I think Winnipeg had to win Game 6 at Winnipeg. I think Nashville played real great in Game 6 at Winnipeg. They feel like they got a reprieve. I think they're going to come home and do the business. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. You, you know what? You know what would throw me? Were I a Winnipeg fan like Dejan Kovacevic? Hellebuck's had a great season. I don't think he's a great goalie. I really don't. And I thought he had kind of a subpar night in that Game Six loss. How about you? Yeah, he did definitely. Yeah, it was de- definitely under expectation. But that place is crazy. The whiteout, man, that's. That's pretty intense. Thank you for the call. I want to stay with the unnecessary venom the Penguins are having to absorb since losing Monday. Okay, we're not allowed to say fatigue hurt them, apparently. We're not allowed to say injuries hurt them, apparently. We're not allowed to say the Capitals were a good opponent and worthy winners, apparently. When it comes down to a lot of the media, which doesn't like hockey in the first place, or has other agendas to support, want to steer the conversation into saying that the Penguins weren't very good this year. 
I don't know by what standard they weren't very good this year. 100 points. They made the playoffs 12 straight times, which is just unbelievable. But that's what this is about because a lot of the media that were there to cover hockey, they didn't want to be there. They don't want to cover hockey. They want to get back to the Stillers and the Pirates. All the old bastards, and I'm one now too, but I'm not of the group I'm about to describe. A lot of the old bastards in Pittsburgh media just are going to put forth the notion that baseball is still really important. It's not, not in this town, not the way the Pirates are run. It's like that old bozo bastard, Bald Bob Smizek. He always insisted that baseball was the most important thing in town. Well, because he's a million years old. And back when he was a little younger anyway, didn't have that huge bald spot in the middle of his afro, or whatever you call that. Back then it was important, but things change. And it has changed here in Pittsburgh. And right now, football's one, hockey's two, baseball's three. And if you want to rate the franchises based on how they're run, hockey's one, football's two, baseball's three. Unless, of course, you just judge by profit. Then, boy, that hillbilly prince does a heck of a job. I am so curious to see what the attendance is tomorrow night. Did you know the attendance? I I checked out the average attendance. The average attendance is like 12,000 this year. And that's paid, not in the park. That is down by half from last year. It's down by almost two-thirds from 2015. Wow, that is dangerous territory to be occupying. Let's go to Rob in Newcastle. Rob, you're on with Double M. Hey, I'm squared. Hey, for the first time in three years, you can actually look to Mike Sullivan and say, hey, there were some things that he may have, or at least you can question. Well, now, 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 I, I don't think there are many, though, because a lot of the things I've questioned the past couple of days, like the propensity to pit, pinch by rote and the defenseman always jumping in the rush, uh, that worked up till that series. So, right, so but, when, but, when you criticize that, I don't know if I'm so much criticizing as I am saying there needs to be a plan B and there needs to be options. I thought we saw a plan B, an option, in game four of the third period when they really deed up. And I'd like to see that practice more, again, based on opponent, based on score and situation. Go ahead. But Well, if you looked at the, that he broke up a line that was scoring 50% of your goals when he, when he took Cornquist off. He didn't put... Well, yeah, but, but Gino came back in the lineup. You needed to get Gino going. Sid and Gensel didn't stop scoring when Hornquist left their line. Well, they so, did the last two games. Well, yeah, everybody stopped scoring the last two games. But, but, but again, and you had mentioned not moving Castle up with Haglin and, and Malcolm. I'm not going to criticize back. Sullivan for switching lines but, because if there's one thing he's had a real knack for during his tenure as Penguins coach... It's been knowing exactly when to switch lines right. and who to put with who. And that goes mid-game, which is a very difficult art to master. I understand that. I guess what I wanted to get to, if we go into next year and we get into the playoffs and we see a similar result and there are some questions to be asked with Sullivan as far as why, do we have a Dan's Bowsman effect coming? Uh, in you took the where? words right out of my mouth. If, Dan, if, if Mike Sullivan is as stubborn next year, with not compromising his strategy ever, despite the results, then, yeah, he's become Dan Bosma. But 
I don't expect that from Mike Sullivan. I think he has his head on a lot straighter. He's not as egomaniacal as Dan, which Bilesma, my God, you don't know the half. Let's go to Jay in the car. Jay, you're on with Double M. Yeah, you were talking about Friday Night Lights coming back. Uh, whatever happened to Mika Kelly? I don't even know who that is. Oh, wait, uh, was she one of the hot. stars? She was hot, right? She was the one. Yeah, the hot girl. Wasn't she in really Entourage uh, playing herself and uh, and the main character? What was the main? Vince hit at her when he was coked up, and she took a pass, and Eminem ended up punching him in the head? Yep, exactly, and she dated Jeter for a little bit, and then faded uh, off in the sunset. You're going to have to do better than that, Jay. They all dated Jeter for a little bit. I wonder if she got the gift basket. You've heard that, right? That Jeter has gift baskets at his uh, his digs in Manhattan, and whenever he picks up a girl upon parting, she gets attractive parting gifts. That's pretty good. That's just good stuff. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Uh, you know what's weird when you talk hockey all the time, like I do. People aren't prepared for you to talk about anything else. So let me reset with a couple topics I brought up earlier and got no feedback on which means it may be a long time till Penguins training camp starts. Uh, I said that Pitt should stop talking to Penn State about ever playing again and concentrate on perpetuating the West Virginia rivalry because West Virginia needs Pitt, not as much as Pitt needs West Virginia, but Penn State doesn't need Pitt at all. And therefore, in that relationship, everything will move at Penn State's pace, on Penn State's terms. Pitt will forever be Pitt's... Uh, Pitt will forever be Penn State's bitch. And I'm not sure that's a good look for Pitt. Uh, I just think it's time to sever the ties there totally. What's your take? 412-333-WXDX. And where does Andrew McCutcheon fit in the pantheon of all-time pirate greats? I don't think he does. And he can't be top five. That's Stargell, Clemente, Kiner, Wagner, and Bonds. But where does Kutch fit in? I'm Mark Madden, 1059X. com. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yep. You want an answer. You don't want no uh, hee-hawing. Well, I really do like the hee-hawing. The X at 105.9. We were talking about whether Andrew McCutcheon is a true all-time pirate great, where he ranks in the annals of pirate history. He can't be top five. Top five in some order is Wagner, Bonds, Clemente, Kiner, and Stargell. And Kutch isn't remotely in a class with any of them, not in terms of performance or in terms of impact on the Pirates franchise. You know you could compare Kutch to? Dave Parker. And Dave Parker won more, which is he won once. And I'm pretty sure had an RBI and a home run in a postseason game, which Andrew McCutcheon did not during his Pirates tenure. But you look at the uh, stats of those two guys. Parker, 305 average. Kutch, 291. Parker, 353 on base. Kutch, 359. Parker, 494 slugging percentage. Kutch, 487. And Kutch, as a result, with a slightly higher uh, OPS than Parker, 866 to 8, 
48. But their stats are, you know, just about identical. And nobody considers Parker an all-time pirate great. Not in the class with the people that we're talking about. So I don't see Kutch in that vein either. 412-333-9939. That's 412-333-WXDX. Oh, a correction. Kutch's OBP was actually 379. As opposed to Parker's 353, that's where the difference in OPS comes from. By the way, I read the wrong line. Clemente's OBP was 359, 20 points lower than Kutch's. But we didn't care about stuff like OBP then. It was batting average, and Clemente had all those batting titles. And there's certainly no taking away what Clemente did. But it's worth noting that his OPS is smaller than... Parker's, it's smaller than McCutcheon's, it's way smaller than Kiner's and Stargell's. Clemente was real good. He was just more of an eye test kind of good. You know, the, the, the throws, the pursuit of the ball, and certainly a clutch player, which uh, Mr. McCutcheon can make no claim to, or Mr. Bonds for that matter. And, and the funny part is, you know who's like the Pirates' all-time leader in everything? Brian Giles. Now, true, he only played half the games as a Pirate that Andrew McCutcheon did. And I think he had some pharmaceutical help. But Giles is the team's all-time leader in OBP, in slugging, and, of course, then in OPS. The club's all-time leader. Played 715 games in an era where the Pirates weren't very good, and he, like most of the members of that Jason Kendall-era Pirates team, was a thoroughly despicable human being. Let's go to Jerry in North Hills. Jerry, you're on with Double M. Uh-huh. Yeah. It what wasn't up? a foot race. You were Shazier. That's just not funny. Let's go to Dan in Upper St. Clair. Dan, you're on with Mark. Hey, Double M, I was thinking about McCutcheon and where he fits all time in the uh, pantheon of Pittsburgh Pirates, and I agree with your top five, and I think it, it ends there, and he's got to be number six, and that doesn't speak to any McCutcheon. Oh, right no, there. I don't think he's number six. Well, no, 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 but let me finish. Is Cutch going to make the Hall of Fame? No. Well, Pie Trainer did. Paul and Lloyd Wayner did. Bill Mazeroski did. A bunch of guys did that I... Their names don't even come to mind. Archie Vaughn, Max Carey. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's more speaking to the ineptitude of the Pirates by putting McCutcheon at six or seven behind Dave Parker. No, uh, no. The Pirates weren't always inept. Google. You'll find out. Let's go to Andy in the car. Andy, go to Mark Madden Show. Hey, Double M. The whole What's thing up? with Kutch, I... <laughs> Do you think he's almost overrated just because the Pirates have been so bad for so long? I don't think Kutch is overrated. Nobody's called in to say, oh, my God, Kutch is an all-time Pirate. Shut the heck up, fat ass, although that may happen now. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, Kutch had a great career here. He was an MVP. Only one Pirates ever won two MVPs. You know who that is? Two MVPs, Bonds. That's exactly right. But, uh, no, Kutch, I, I just... You know, we we tend to expand 
the definitions of phrases like all-time great. Just like, you know, the Hall of Fame in every sport, and for that matter, rock and roll, is not the Hall of Very Good. And in rock and roll's case, not even very good. I mean, B-52s, give me a break. Yeah, but, uh, like the, the NHL Hall of Fame, it's very uh, average at best for a lot of players. I think the baseball one's even more more uh, diluted. That's a good word. But, uh, but you know, Kutch isn't a pirate all-time great. He was the best player of an era where they achieved some success. And you may be right. Perhaps the, the Pirate fans overrate Kutch because, you know, the, the oasis of those three playoff years in the middle of that desert of ineptitude, your word, uh, yeah, it, it does stand out, and therefore the catalysts behind that oasis stand out a bit more as individuals. Uh, no Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I posted a video of this guy, Mr. Jimmy, at WXDX.com. Jimmy Sakurai. He's a Japanese guy who looks like Jimmy Page, dresses like Jimmy Page, has all of Jimmy Page's mannerisms, plays like Jimmy Page, and plays Led Zeppelin. He's Japanese, but it's unnerving how much he looks like Jimmy Page. He has his own thing going uh, called the Led Zeppelin Revival, mostly plays in Japan. Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot, the drummer in that. Uh, he played in Jason Bonham's band last year when I saw them in Cleveland, and he's played with Led Zepp again out west as well. But check out these videos and check out his talent. It's really good. That's on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about the criticism of the Penguins uh, in the last few days by the media, and specifically would address the notion that the Penguins need to be fixed. Oh my God, here's this guy, Ryan Scarpino, formerly with Steelers Media Relations. Whether people want to believe it or not, the Pens are treated differently than the Steelers and Pirates. They are the sacred cow. They could do no wrong. It's quite the opposite, but when you shield so many years for the real sacred cow, the Steelers, and Ryan, I know you were a second stringer. I mean, you got Burt Lawton's coffee and shined his shoes, and somebody should. Burt's very deserving, but really you're a low-level plebeian who shouldn't even be on Twitter. Then again, I think that's what Twitter's for, all the low-level plebeians. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.